0: Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast.
1: This week, we're going to look at the three faith catalysts that really define who we are as a church. We're welcoming guest speakers Kevin Sareka, Tanya Kohler, and Lee White. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Labor Day weekend at Valley Point Church. I'm glad you're here. Labor Day is celebrated on the first Monday in September and has been ever since 1887. It is a celebration of the American labor movement and is a tribute to the contributions workers have made to the strength, prosperity, and well-being of this great country. So for all who labor, thank you and enjoy a day off. I think you're going to enjoy today because we're going to change things up a bit. On a normal Sunday, you get the chance to hear from me. And I love teaching. I love sharing what God is doing in my heart with you. I love thinking, and then talking with you of how God wants to use all of us to point people to real relationships that inspire real significance. That's our mission here. And I just love taking scripture and sharing with our church family how we can live that out in greater ways. We're on a journey here at Valley Point. I'm thrilled, excited, inspired, and whatever other word you want to throw in there, of where God is taking us right now. And so happy, happy to be on this journey with you start of a new season is always interesting because schedules get full, activities increase, the weather begins to change. It also brings in new things for us as a church. So next week, we kick off this new season with a four-week series called Get Off Your Donkey. I can't wait to begin sharing with you from one of the most recognized stories in Scripture, the story of the Good Samaritan, and how God has this desire, this big desire to use our lives to make a difference. That's what God wants to do. But we have a choice to make. Will we allow God to use us? Will we? What we're going to discover starting next Sunday, September 7th, is that helping people is the best part of life. So do this. Invite someone to come with you next week and let's make it special. So today, you get a real treat. We're going to hear from three different speakers who are going to share with us the three faith catalysts that drive Valley Point Church. These three individuals love God, love Valley Point and are going to do a great job of lifting up some valuable things. They're each going to speak briefly and I know that your hearts will be impacted. Something you need to know, we're not perfect as a church, we're not. We're imperfect people simply trying to discover what God wants us to do and then go out and do it. We understand that it's great to come to church. But it's even better to be the church. And these three values help us do that. So they're going to each present one core value, talk about how they see that happening here at Valley Point, and then simply encourage us with scripture. Our first speaker is Kevin Sarecka. Kevin is married to Kayla. They have three school-aged children and have been a part of Valley Point for many years. Kevin was basically born in this church. Kevin also serves on our elder team. So will you help me welcome Kevin Sereka?
2: Hello, Valley Point. I have the privilege of talking to you today about our faith catalyst, Apply Truth. And here is a statement that describes that. We are passionate about applying biblical truth so that it makes a difference in how we live. We enthusiastically pursue practical teaching and pursue private spiritual disciplines. Now, there are many ways in which applying biblical truth in our life can really make a difference, but I would like to just encourage you today by just um, offering one, one thought. And in the spirit of uh, school coming in a couple of days, I have an equation to uh, encapsulate this thought, and that is this. I would submit to you that there is a direct correlation to the number of biblical truths that we apply to our life and the freedom we actually get to ultimately experience. And this freedom is life-changing. You know, the Bible is a very interesting book. In some ways, calling it a book doesn't exactly do it justice. You see, the Bible has been written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors. The amazing thing about this book is that those 40 authors, they all wrote or pointed to one main story, and it's a true story about how Christ came to die on the cross for us so that we get to experience a new life. Paul... One of the writers, he had this to say about the story that he knew very well. In Galatians, he says this, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. For us to really, truly experience freedom... In in a way, you kind of have to experience something that that binds you, something um, that hinders you to be free. Paul understood this. Paul found himself in jail multiple times. And Paul elaborates exactly what he's referring to here when he talks about slavery. In Romans, he says this. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching. In other words, apply biblical truth. We have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. So, how exactly does sin uh, enslave us? Have you ever been angry? Have you ever experienced anger? I'm not necessarily talking about the anger I know that we're probably going to experience in, in our house as we try to get kids ready for school and out the door and get ready for work at the same time. I'm talking about the kind of anger that really severs relationships. The kind of anger that might cause a father or mother not to speak to their son or daughter. And vice versa. A son and daughter being so angry about something that happened to them and they're not speaking to their father or mother. Anger that really destroys relationships that we have with friends. Well, if we understand and apply the biblical truth of forgiveness... We can be free of the anger that has a grip on our heart. Paul said this in Ephesians. He says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. When we apply the truth of forgiveness in our life, we actually get more freedom in our relationships. We can experience relationships even when someone has wronged us. Guilt is another powerful emotion. Guilt's the opposite end of that spectrum. While anger might cause us to do something, guilt actually keeps us from taking an action. Have you ever experienced guilt um, so much that it actually um, kept you from taking another step? You wanted to avoid the person that you wronged? Well, Scripture tells us Moses actually wrote about this. He said, "When we apply the biblical truth of confession in our life, it actually frees us from the grip that guilt can have on our heart." So we actually have the freedom when we apply this biblical truth, to experience relationships that we otherwise not be able, we might not be able to get to experience if we confess those wrongs to one another. How about greed? Greed is a very time and energy consuming sin issue. In Matthew, he wrote, Jesus actually said, You cannot love both God and money at the same time. You can't serve both. You can only do one or the other. And Jesus went on to say, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in other words, if we apply the biblical truth of generosity in our life, it actually can free us from the grip that greed can have on us. More time at the office means less time with our spouse. More time at work means less time uh, with our kids, less time with friends. These are relationships that are so important to our life, yet greed can rob us of those relationships. So if we apply the biblical truth of generosity, we can be free from that bondage. There are many examples of how Scripture can make a difference in our life, applying biblical truths. But if we just know that, just knowing that's not going to change our life. We don't get to experience that life-changing freedom. James actually said it this way. But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. And this is why Valley Point is so passionate about applying biblical truth. You know, that word passion is an interesting word. Sometimes it's helpful to remind ourselves of the definition. Passion means to have, be compelled by, or ruled by an intense emotion or strong feeling. You know, it's it's interesting, my my 10-year-old daughter, we get to pray together every night. And my 10-year-old daughter, Leah, she is passionate about life. She has an unbridled enthusiasm for life that I kind of wish I had a little bit of. And every night she makes us pray. She prays or she makes me pray. Lord, will you please let mom and dad say rah, rah, rah about going to work tomorrow? It drives me nuts. And every day I come home and I disappoint my 10-year-old daughter because she's a dad. Did you wake up and say, yippee yay yay And if I don't even say it right, she gets on my case. But, and I say, Leah, no. I did not wake up this morning saying, yippee yay, yay I get to go to work today. And um, by the way, whatever you do, do me a favor. Do not tell my dad that I just said that. I work for uh, my father. So please don't, please don't uh, mention that uh, to him. But in closing, what I would like to do is just share with you how I see Valley Point having that passion about applying biblical truth. And the rest of that statement um, says this. It says, We enthusiastically pursue practical teaching and pursue private spiritual disciplines. Now, if you've been here for more than one week, you know that you can't get out of here without at least three takeaways. There's at least three takeaways that we have to um, listen to. But if we only listen to those takeaways, it's not going to change our life. We have to take those takeaways, and Monday through Saturday, we have to apply those truths to our life for them to actually make a difference, like James said. Don't just hear the word, but do it. The other way is life groups. Life groups is an awesome opportunity for you and I to actually get to apply biblical truth to our life and actually share how it's making a difference to other uh, friends and and uh, attendees. I encourage you to sign up to a a life group um, today. So how do we uh, pursue private spiritual disciplines? Well, we just went through an awesome series. If you've been here for the last seven to eight weeks, an awesome series about private spiritual disciplines. But my favorite spiritual discipline that we've been working on here at Valley Point over the last few years is the life verse. The life verse has made an impact in my life. My life verse is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The main context of those verses has to to do with worry. And so it's made a difference in my life to say, Kevin, God's telling you, pursue him more than anything else, and that'll take worry out of your life. So my takeaway for you today is this. Be compelled with intense feeling, and strong emotion to apply biblical truth to your life. This faith catalyst matters because it will set you free. Thank you.
1: Our final speaker today is someone many of you know as he's taught before at Valley Point. And that's Lee White. Lee is married to Jean, who runs all of our guest services here. They have three children, one post-college, one in college, and one in high school. Lee also serves on our elder team. So please help me welcome Lee White.
0: Thank you. The faith catalyst I'm going to talk about today is to live generously. At Valley Point, we intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs in our local community and around the world. We purposely invite many to personally invest in serving others. I want to share with you how I see that happening at Valley Point. But before I do, let's share a little scripture. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in Second Kings chapter four. If you don't have your Bibles, you can join along and follow along on our screen. In Second Kings chapter four, we're going to look at the prophet Elisha in a meeting he has. Now, we don't have time to really see how Elijah became God's prophet, but I want to give you just a quick view of it. Elijah was hanging with a guy named Elijah. He was the prophet. And he asked Elijah if he could be the next prophet. And Elijah told him, said, Look, if you're with me when I go to heaven, you'll get a double portion of my spirit and you'll be that next prophet. Well, sure enough, in a couple of minutes, here comes this chariot of fire with horses on fire that sweeps up and takes Elijah up to heaven. See, now you think that Hunger Games was, a, was an original scene, huh? So that's how Elisha became the prophet. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the prophet Elijah has two separate meetings with women. One is very poor and one is very wealthy. Let's read it. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house and your sons with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when, when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she kept filling one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Now, maybe you're thinking, Lee, this is supposed to be about generosity. You must have picked the wrong verse. Maybe there's something else that's going on here. You see, a lot of us are like this widow. Elisha called her out on a question, said, What do you have in your house? Let's look at verses 1 and 2 again. My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now her creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. She's literally moments away from having to sell her sons into slavery to settle her debt. But she missed something that she had in her house. Elisha asked her, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she says, nothing at all except this flask of oil. You see, she missed it. She didn't know what she had in the house. And for God to put more oil in this, she had to pour it out. You see, there's a big concept in this verse. God usually starts our generosity with something we already have. The widow was focused on what she didn't have. God called her out and said, what do you have? And for God to keep filling her up, she had to keep pouring this oil out. See, that's exactly what happens at Valley Point Church. I know from my own personal experience. I went on a missions trip last year to Guatemala. And on the last day, we went to a feeding center, and there was a group of kids playing soccer. And there was one girl playing in a group of boys. She was in seventh grade. Her name is Katie. And I couldn't talk to her because she only spoke Spanish and I only spoke English. But after a while, we got separated and I started working on on some soccer moves with her. I coached my three kids uh, for about 15 years in soccer. And I went to clinics and I learned some soccer moves. And I was able to teach her those without even being able to talk to her. Well, as the day went on, we had a few minutes and the missionary, Andrew, who was with us, came over and shared some things with her and she kind of backed away. But then I was able to talk to her through Andrew about a soccer coach. That's what we did is we coached soccer moves and how she could have a coach like that in her life with Jesus. So later that afternoon, she went over to that bench and she sat down and she accepted Christ in her life. Now, I got to tell you, I get very intimidated around missionaries. They got it all together. And God used that one skill, that one thing that I already had coaching soccer to change her life. Who knows? Maybe that's the only reason that I was a soccer coach my whole life is for that one divine appointment. And what's neat about this story is a few weeks later, Katie's mom saw the life change in her and she accepted Christ. And a few months later, her sister accepted Christ. And even today, if you go down to that village and that feeding center in Guatemala, Katie, her mom, and her sister are helping out with Bible study. On other missions trips, there's several people in this room, and doctors and nurses use the skills and the talents they have to go offer medical care in remote villages. People that would never get their eyes checked, people that would never get medical treatment. Finally, get it because of the the living, generous lives of the people in this church. I'm so thankful that Valley Point gives people the opportunity to go on these trips and meet needs and love people and live generously. There's another woman, Betty Millar. She's in the center of this picture. She went on a mission trip to Russia. She wasn't serving much at the church, but she was coming to the church. And after going on that mission trip working in the orphanages and and just connecting with kids in a foreign country, she came back here after all of her childhood, which was not a great childhood. She decided she wanted to invest in kids. She wanted to just do everything she could to help the kids here in Valley Point Church feel that love. There's other places that our church is generous The Real Home campaign, we were working with a financial consultant, and that financial consultant said, look, if 55% of your attenders participate, that's a great participation rate. And we ran financial models, and we were just looking at things and saying, okay, this is where we should be. And 85% of our attenders stepped up and contributed. Give yourself a round of applause. 85%. That's an amazing number, but you're living generous. This is a very generous church. You know, I drove by our property a couple of weeks ago, and I just looked at those stakes, and I started dreaming out and thinking, saying, man, look at what a future opportunity that is. How many people are going to get to live generously because of our new real home? And it's amazing. It doesn't take much time. There's a couple that just started coming to the church for a couple of months and he has a background in construction management and he volunteered and he's helping with our Real Home campaign. God starts our generosity with something we already have and he applied it. So what's the bottom line on living generously? Let me put it to you this way. If Elijah was right here and sitting in front of you and asking you that question, Maybe you're like the widow and there's something that's just missing. And you say, oh, God, if you just give me this, I'll be generous. But if Elisha asks you that question, what's in your house? Maybe it's not a flask of oil. But maybe it's something you can do. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's something else that you just haven't recognized that you can use to live generously. At Valley Point, we intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs in our local community and around the world. We purposely invite many to personally invest in others, in serving others. Maybe for you, you don't want to wait until we get the real home. Maybe it's today. Maybe God's stirring something up and said, look, I want to do something. I want to serve. There are plenty of opportunities for you to do that at Valley Point. I just encourage you to chase after that. Thank you.
1: So in Hebrews chapter 11, it's a great and really intense chapter in Scripture where you see over and over and over again this phrase, by faith, by faith, by faith. And then it lists a person or a group that accomplished something that they never could have done on their own without faith in God. And so today is kind of about just setting a little bit of pace here before we jump into a new season with September coming and saying, hey, as a church, let's live by faith. And that means a lot of different things. We've tried to narrow the focus a little bit to say, let's live by these faith catalysts. Let's think about applying truth and being really passionate about that as we come together and as we think about what God is saying to us through his word. Let's take that and do what James, the writer, said. Let's not just hear it, but let's let's live that out. Let's act that out. Not just here, but do. And, and let's embrace people. My guess is that many of you are in this room today because you came at some point and you felt loved and cared for in this place. And now it's our opportunity and our turn to turn around and do that for other people and embrace them. We accept people here and we love without expecting anything in return. And whether that's a bag or a handshake or a smile or something even beyond that, God can use all of us to embrace people. Or maybe it's to live generously, to use the one life that you've been given and the talents and the skills that you have and even the resources that you have to make a lasting impact in the life of another person. These are our faith catalysts here at Valley Point Church. And I want you to know we are not a perfect church. We are not. But yet these are the three things that we're really trying to focus on and the three catalysts that are driving what we teach how we function, what we think about, and even what we implement. We want to apply truth, we want to embrace people, and we want to live generously. And so I just want to invite you to pray with me right now, and let's ask God to help us live by faith. Will you pray with me? Father, I'm really thankful for Kevin and Tanya and Lee and just the focus that they've been able to give to us this morning in thinking about these specific faith catalysts. God, I pray that you would use their words and the scripture that we've looked at and the different stories that have been shared to really help tune our hearts to what you want for us. God, I pray that you'd help me to live by faith. God, I pray that you'd help everybody in this room to live by faith. God, that's an easy thing to say. I think it's a really hard thing to do though. Because life happens, and God, we're about ready to step into a new season. September is here. Everybody's back to school. Everything kind of ramps up. Life gets very busy. And so it's kind of easy to not live by faith and just live in survival mode, bouncing from one event to the next, just trying to hang on by a thread. God, I pray that as we approach this next season, you'd help us to do a little bit more than that. Help us to be a little more intentional and to truly live by faith. God, we know that when we do that as a faith community and even as individuals, that you're gonna accomplish some wonderful things in and through us. God, you're gonna use us to be bright lights for you. So God, we ask for that. We want that. Again, God, help us all to walk out of here just saying, I'm gonna live by faith thank you for what you're going to do through all of us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School from
0: 9.15 or 11 a.m.